0: Hey everyone, welcome to episode 11 of Seeking Witchcraft. As always, I am your host, Ashley, and today we're going to be having a little bit more of a social episode slash um, a little bit more of just talking about random witch facts and discussions. Um, So what I mean by a social episode, um, so when I first created this podcast, I I did it with the intent that the first episode that I did, I didn't want it to be this huge ass introduction about like who I am because I was just thinking that if I was listening to a podcast, I I didn't really want to spend, you know, 20 minutes listening to a person just talk about themselves because I was listening to the podcast for whatever the purpose was of it, you know, but um, I'm. Uh, I have ten episodes down, and um, you know, I I've been able to interact with some really cool people through my podcast, which has been an amazing experience. And I figure, you know what? Like, it's been a little bit of time. I think I can probably do a social episode, so people kind of know where I'm coming from and my background. And yeah. So that we're going to do that. Um, if you're not into that, you don't really care. <laughs> uh, no offense here or I'm not going to be offended by that at all. Feel free to just skip ahead maybe like 10 minutes or so and we'll go from there. Because <laughs> uh, I am going to talk about other witchy stuff later today. Like I have some more um, circle etiquette and um, things of that nature like using uh, different supplies and stuff that I'm going to talk about. Um, but yeah, I'm going to kind of just let this be an organic conversation and just going to talk and see where we end up after a half hour or so. (laughs) Okay, so we'll start with the social part of it. Yay. Um, So first things first, I'm actually a little sick right now. Um, So if my voice sounds a little off or, you know, you hear me sniffling in the background, uh, that's just me being sick. Um, But it's actually okay. Um, I am sick because I went to, you can call it a witch camp, <laughs> up in the mountains uh, last weekend. And I caught a cold from being up there and, you know, camping in the mountains. But it was totally, totally, totally worth it. It was a really, really awesome time. Um, it was a time where a bunch of people my tradition, we we all got together in a undisclosed location. <laughs> and we just had a weekend being witches and meeting the fam. And I had an absolute blast. And I wish I was there. I can't believe it's already been a week since, quote unquote, witch camp. Um, Yeah, so I'm sick, but it was totally worth it. And I would totally do it again. <clears throat> um, okay, so yeah, so speaking of that, I guess we'll start with a little bit more about my background or tradition. Um, so okay, I was raised... Ro- or not Roman, geez. I was raised very strictly Catholic growing up, and I have a very Catholic family. Um, all my family went to Catholic school and not just, you know, elementary school and up. They also went to Catholic colleges, all of them except me. Um, so I was raised in a very Catholic household. But from a very, very young age, I was legitimately in the second grade. <laughs> I got involved in witchcraft and I had a friend, you know, it was kind of simple. I had a friend come to school one day and she was like, hey, Ashley, I became a witch last night. And that was like it for me. I was like, oh my God, I want to be a witch too. And um, it kind of just took off from there. And my friend and I, we used to um, talk about like, oh, how we would recharge our powers, quote unquote. And for me, <laughs> like we lived in an apartment complex where when you would fill the bathtub up um the water always looked kind of blue in comparison to the white of the tub so i used to joke to her and be like well when i take baths like that's where i get my water and i thought i was special cuz the water would be blue for me in the bathtub <laughs> um but that's just how the water looked cuz it was city water <laughs> and um and yeah i don't know so my my family was very 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 against it you know a second-grade child looking so strongly witchcraft and actually I remember I used to go on the family computer and look up you know how to be a witch online and I was so young that I remember seeing links for something called witchcraft and bless my poor little heart but like when I was a kid I used to think like oh that's just how to do arts and crafts for like witch masks and you you know, using construction paper and things like that, and oh my gosh, looking back, it's so innocent and so cute, um, <laughs> but yeah, so I got involved at a very young age, but because I grew up in such a Catholic household and such a religious household, I guess, in total, um, I my family was totally against it, so I really had to hide my practice, so I spent many, many, many years being inactive, but always having that twinkling of I really want to get back to witchcraft. I really want to get back into the witchy mindset. Um, You know, I actually had an experience younger than that when I was a child. And I mean like a tiny, tiny little kid. Um, I had this mark on my index finger, like just like a little birthmark. And one of my earliest memories looking at that birthmark was I said to myself, oh my gosh, that's a witch's mark, and if people see it, like, they're going to try to, like, get me, um, so I actually, like, took it off myself as a child, (laughs) which was obviously not great, um, yeah, so I don't know, I've always kind of had, like, this witchy mindset, um, since I was a little kid, and I think it's just a certain type of person who gets drawn to this type of background or whatever, so yeah, um, that's a little bit more of my background, uh, and then as I got older when I started living by myself, um, I kind of came to this realization like, oh shoot, like my family's not around, I can start to practice witchcraft again. <laughs> um, so I started looking more things up and I actually did a ritual, um, or a spell, I guess you can say, uh, to kind of dedicate myself to the practice. Now I made this spell up myself, um, and during the spell, I proclaimed to the energies or the spirits or whoever, because I didn't really know exactly who I was sending this to, um, that I wanted help getting involved and I wanted a teacher and I wanted somebody to bring me into this craft. Now, that was cool and all and I was like really hoping for that, but I honestly wasn't expecting it, you know? <laughs> um, so fast forward a couple months. Um, well, Hmm, I'm trying, it's okay. Yeah, fast forward a couple of months. Um, I was in a random beginner witch Facebook group. And I... <laughs> Oh my gosh, long story short, um, my family was home visiting me, and my mom was driving the car, and I took these pictures of these clouds that were up in the sky while I was on the highway, because they look like faces. <laughs> like, I i don't really think like, oh my gosh, I saw like, you know, the freaking God in the sky, or like I saw the moon, you know, like I, I don't really think about anything like that, but I have these really cool pictures that look like legitimate faces in the sky, And I really wanted to post them somewhere and I didn't want to put it on my newsfeed because I was like, eh, whatever. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to put it in this Beginner Witch Facebook group because people post random things in there all the time and I'm about to just be one of those people. (laughs) So I posted these pictures in the group and my, uh, you know, I kept it up there and when I posted it, there was a geotag saying my location where the pictures were taken Um, So I actually went back into the post to edit it and take it out, but I couldn't figure out how to remove the (laughs) geotag. So I was like, you know what, screw it, whatever. It's not a big deal. And I left the the pictures up. Three days later, and you got to keep in mind, there was like 20,000 plus people in this Facebook group. So posts are like constantly getting bumped down because new posts are coming in. But three days later, this girl comments on the post and she was like, hey, like, I saw your geotag. Like, is that where you, like, is that where you live? Like, what state is that? Um, So fast forward, we end up hitting each other up. Turns out she lived literally down the freaking street from me. And she had just met with the training group for a coven that, brace yourself, I had actually emailed the year before and just never responded to them about joining their training group. (laughs) um so when she told me the name of them I was like oh funny because I've literally been in contact with them but just never got back and she was like well I'm joining their group it's starting in a couple weeks like you should join so I was like man all right so I (laughs) hit up the training group and I was like hey and I had my first meeting with them shortly after that um and you know fast forward (laughs) A year or so later, and here I am initiated into the Gardnerian tradition. Um, so yeah, so it ended up being a crazy story that I had hit up this group, didn't respond, happened to post a random picture in a 20,000 plus member group on Facebook. This girl days later finds it, happened to be joining the same group I hit up and convinced me to join. And this was just months after I did that spell asking for some, like help to bring me into this tradition synchronicity guys like it was crazy <laughs> like we still talk about it sometimes they're like what are the chances of that happening because there's dozens and dozens and dozens of covens around where i live because i happen to be in a heavily populated area but man guys that was wild <laughs> okay so anyways that's a little bit more about my background um as you guys all know i am an initiated first degree in the gardenerian tradition um but anything I say on this podcast, as I've said before, is really just coming from my personal practice. Um, it's not representative of the Gardnerian tradition, um, so don't don't think it's anything like that. Uh, not only that, but the Gardnerian tradition itself is oath-bound, meaning that I did have to take an oath um, to be a Gardnerian, and there are things in Gardnerian that can't be discussed unless you are a Gardnerian, which sounds... So, I don't know. It doesn't sound great, but it's true, guys. <laughs> um, and if you're wondering what those things are, you can do the the training and become a gardenerian if you find a coven you jive with. Um. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, speaking of gardenerian, actually, and this podcast, there's some stuff I would love to share with you guys. So, as of today, it is, like, the end of September 2019. It's almost October. I have hit over thirty thousand plays on this podcast which is wild i am shook guys like oh my gosh you guys are seriously so cool i can't believe i have that many plays on this podcast because to be honest guys when i started this i i started this podcast because i was just kind of bored one day in my living room and i was like "Hmm, i really feel like talking about witchcraft i'm just gonna make a podcast and see what happens and i'd actually never listened to a podcast in my entire life (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um and here i am thirty thousand plays later um i i'm honestly so honored from from this guy like it really means so much and the amount of people who've hit me up just like messaging me on twitter or tweeting me telling me that they have been trying to get involved in witchcraft and asking me for advice or telling me that they've been in touch with a coven like The fact that i've been able to play even the smallest role in any of anybody's journey like even one person's journey means the absolute world to me and i i'm so honored to be part of that for you guys um and this leads me into a crazy story that came out of this podcast that i've been excited to share with you guys um and i did get permission from the person who told me so um The name is okay to use in case you guys are like, oh, man, I hope she asked somebody (laughs) if she could share the story. Um, But, yes, I totally asked for permission, and it's fine. So um, I – okay, I'm going to back up here. This is a story involving this podcast, but you need to kind of understand the background of this. Um, Okay, so – when you are getting involved with the garden area tradition, you are part of an outer court training group. So I've said this before in, an outer, in uh, one of my episodes, I believe it was in tools and terms. Outer court is when you're not initiated, but you're getting training to kind of have you understand how things go, um, you know, how to be in a ritual, how to be in a ritual mindset. You kind of get a feel for things, but you're not actually learning the inner court, which is the oath bound material. You're kind of just getting the bones, I guess you could say. That being said, every come is a little bit different how they do things, but that's generally how it is in garden from what my understanding is. Um, so I was a seeker. So most people are a seeker for about a period of a year and a day, um, And then you become an inner core and then, you know, you're, you're part of inner court. Um, So while I was a seeker, I missed one of my coven meetings to go to a music festival. Um, And this music festival has a really, really, really big social media um, following because the music festival only has a couple thousand people who can go every year. So everybody kind of like becomes friends and we all have like a little name for each other and um yeah it's a really big background so I go to this music festival um make some really cool friends while I was there partying um come back home and about I don't know maybe like two three months after the music festival um it was a long story of how this was discovered but long story short <laughs> I found out that one of the high priests in the Gardnerian tradition also went to this music festival. And get this, not only did he go to this music festival, but I was partying with his freaking friends and family at the music festival. So I found the witch, the other witch at the festival. I found the family members, but I didn't find the witch themselves. And I was like, dang it. <laughs> so I hit up this, this high priest. And keep in mind, guys, I'm just a seeker in an outer court. I have not been initiated yet. You know, I'm. I, anything could happen where I could just not initiate, but whatever. I hit up this this uh, this guy in, in inner court as an outer court member, and his name is Seamus, which he said I could share with you guys. So, hey, Seamus, if you're listening. What's up? <laughs> I hit up Seamus, and I was like, hey, hi. I don't know you, but I went to Holy. Sh- well, yeah, I went to this music festival, and like, yeah, hello. We should be friends. Um <laughs> so we he messaged me back and he was like oh my gosh who are you training with I'm gonna have them initiate you stat like you know just joking obviously (laughs) and we became friends online um and then a couple months later I actually okay also keep in mind Seamus lives on the other side of the freaking country for me literally the other side of the country okay like he is far (laughs) like we did not have a chance to be meeting up anytime soon especially because I was only a seeker and he had been know he's a high priest and he's been around the block with the Gardnerian tradition like he's been around for a bit um so i actually just happened to be visiting where he lives um i was visiting family so i hit him up and i was like hey i'm gonna be out in your area like let's meet up so again as a seeker i met up with a high priest in the tradition and we got drinks and dinner and just had a really really good time and now we're friends um So yeah, so that's how I know Seamus. So one day I was actually, this was a couple weeks ago, I want to say about three, four weeks ago, um, I was with Allison, who you'll recognize from my last three episodes, she helped me co-host. And we were hanging out, I took her to this downtown area in downtown, you know, where I live. (laughs) And um, because she'd never been there, we'd like got lunch, we were like, let's walk around for a little bit, because it's like a historic area. Um, so we were walking around and all of a sudden I get a call from Seamus. Like as soon as we start walking now, Seamus and I, you know, we're friends, but like he doesn't call. So I was like, huh, why is he calling? So I I answer the phone and keep in mind, it's kind of noisy because I'm outside and it's a Sunday. We're in like a touristy area. And I was like, Hey, like, what's up? And the first thing he says is, do you have a podcast on Spotify named Seeking Witchcraft? (laughs) I was like, what? Um. So here's the thing, guys. I don't really advertise this podcast to people. I mean, my coven knows, and I have like a couple friends who know, and you know, I, I've told some of my coworkers, and one of them has <laughs> listened to my podcast. So hey, if you're listening, hello. Um. But yeah, like I don't advertise this podcast really. Oh, except for also I put it on witchy Facebook groups sometimes if people want suggestions. I'm like, listen to my podcast, but. I don't advertise it to the gardening community like I mean there's no reason why I haven't but I just I don't know I just don't um so for him to call me and ask me that question was like I was I was kind of I was taken off guard I was like what I was like what do you mean do I have a podcast and I was like yeah how do you know about the podcast oh my freaking god he's like (laughs) okay so he tells me hey I am with a seeker right now at our seeker interview so just to back up um, when you are trying to join to the Gardnerian tradition, you have an interview that takes place. Actually, with almost any coven, you should have an interview that takes place where you can ask questions and they ask you questions, you get to know each other. So he had a seeker hit him up for an interview and he was in the middle of that meeting and I guess he asked the seeker, like, how did you find Gardnerian tradition or something along those lines? Apparently, <laughs> the seeker, and if you're listening, hey, <laughs> apparently the seeker turns to Seamus and says oh well I something along the lines of this but says like oh I found out about Gardnerian from this podcast named Seeking Witchcraft on Spotify that's run by a Gardnerian girl named Ashley who lives by Baltimore (laughs) and Seamus was kind of like what And, and then he was like he was like huh I think I know who you're talking about and keep in mind Seamus did not know about my podcast so he called me and you know, I was like, yeah, that's me. And he was like, holy shit. And then when he told me that he had a seeker who was literally meeting with him to try to join into the tradition because of my podcast, I was freaking shook, guys. Like, holy crap. <laughs> that was wild to me. Like, I cannot believe that like a seeker listened to you know, me ramble for 10 episodes or so, um, and wanted to join the tradition that I was involved with and happened to be with my friend on the other side of the country. And yeah, so Seamus called me and this poor, the seeker, like, um, he gave the phone to her and she started talking to me. And if you're listening to this, oh my gosh, girl, I, I was so shook. (laughs) Like I could barely process and it was so loud. Um, I, I just know the seeker was saying some really, really nice stuff to me about like my podcast and, I was just standing there like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, I can't believe, like, this is happening, like, in the best way possible, and I don't even remember what I said to her, this poor girl, because I was just so shook and, like, you know, in in awe that this had happened, um, <clears throat> so, yeah, so, anyway, that, that, that was kind of the whole story um, that, she found him because of my podcast and you know it's a small world gardenerians know each other and (laughs) I happen to really know Seamus and he happens to know me and the the seeker was really surprised that Seamus just hit me up and called me and yeah so anyway that was a story um yeah um Thank you for listening to, to that seeker. If you're listening to me, and if you are looking into the Gardnerian tradition and you happen to come across some dude named Seamus and you're trying to seek, um you are in luck because he is freaking awesome. And you guys should train with him if you get the opportunity, <laughs> or if not, just get some drinks and let me school too. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so that's kind of just where I'm going with that. Um, so to anybody listening to this who, not even Gardnerian but just any Wiccan or any witchy practice in general, if you are getting involved with this because you've heard me talk on this podcast, um, I really thank you guys so much for spending the time to listen to me ramble. um, And the fact that I can be part of anybody's journey for that really means so much. And if anybody has any questions at all, or ever just wants to, I don't know, honestly, just talk uh you can always hit me up on twitter at seek witchcraft and you know i i have responded to literally every single person who has ever sent me a message so please feel free to ask your questions and bring things up okay so now i've been rambling for 20 minutes uh, so i'm actually going to start talking about some witchy facts uh because i you know i should probably talk about witchcraft except you know aside from talking about myself for 20 minutes so here we go all right so um i have seen some people talking about casting a circle and some of the etiquette that goes along with that i think i touched upon this in a previous episode so some of what i say might be a repeat um but some of it might not be so so when you're casting a circle you definitely want to cast it um you know appropriately and some for some people that means different things for some people that means literally lining their circle um with salt or salt water or flowers or shells or whatever um, for some people that means just moving the energy around and just kind of taking a mental note for some people that means making their circle a specific diameter Um, it really means a lot of different things to a lot of people. So you kind of have to figure out what works for you. I have done a ritual where there's no markings on the ground. And I have done my own personal ritual where I've thrown salt in a circle in my own personal practice or lined a circle with flowers on the ground because I wanted to be extra and it looked really cool. (laughs) Um, (coughs) There's a lot of different things you could do that. But one of the things I do want to say about casting a circle (coughs) if you are casting a circle and you are in that circle do not leave the circle just by walking out of it you absolutely need to open your circle and you need to close your circle you need to call forth that energy to you know be around and then you need to dismiss it because it's really freaking rude if you don't (laughs) um calling a circle is also calling forth like energetic barriers between you and the world's um because when you're casting a circle you are getting into a magical place and you want to make sure that you're protected and that's the whole point of the circle is to protect you while you're in there so that negative entities or you know spirits that may be watching or something don't kind of try to penetrate themselves into there um now the one thing or the thing that i'm trying to get out with circles that i see a lot of people asking about is coming in and out of a circle. So. You can absolutely leave a circle after it's been cast while still keeping the circle out. The way you want to do this, though, is that you need to draw a door in the circle. And you need to make sure you come in and out of that specific area. So when you're drawing a door, literally just draw a doorway. (laughs) Um, And some people like to put something where the doorway is. So let's say you're using a wand, for example. You might want to draw your circle with the wand. That way you can direct your energy. I'm sorry, you might want to draw your door. That way you can direct your energy into opening or to where the door is going to be. And then you might want to put your wand down on the ground so that you know where that door is. So you don't accidentally come through the circle and, you know, burst it. (laughs) For lack of a better word. After you come back in the door, you do want to close it out. So people have different ways of doing this. I would literally recommend literally draw a door. (laughs) And then when you come back in, um, you wanna just seal it back up. So undraw the door, I guess you could say. Um, figure out what works for you. Um, if you're gonna be out of the circle for a long time, maybe just close the circle and make another one you when you come in. Um, but yeah, once you cast a circle, even if you're going to be leaving that circle just to like, I don't know, grab a, like a lighter or grab an extra candle that's right outside of the circle do not break the circle like just for that draw a door put in the effort you know you do need to respect the energies that are around and you cast the circle for a reason you want to do it correctly <coughs> okay speaking of casting circles and doing rituals and stuff i've had some people ask about full moons and new moons and things like that about when they can do it um You don't have to do a new moon or a full moon ritual on the exact day of the full moon. But you should do it within, I would say, about two to three days of the full moon. So this could be really beneficial, too, if, like, it's going to rain or there's going to be inclement weather or it's going to be cloudy or you already know, like, maybe on that night you're busy and you're not going to be able to do a full moon ritual. Don't feel bad if you can't do it the same night. You absolutely can do a full moon ritual or a new moon ritual. A couple days before a couple days after it's not the end of the world the intent's still there there you know it's not a full moon but life happens and you got to work with what you got so yeah keep that in mind you can you can do that whenever you want um in terms of decorating for an altar um a lot of people have also asked about this like well what do you do when you pick up some holly branches for yule you literally just put them on your altar and you decorate your altar <laughs> you're kind of setting the tone of your altar for either that ritual or just in general that um, you're setting the tone and the energy to align with whatever Sabbath that you're trying to celebrate so um, it's nothing really more than that it's just like a cool way to kind of decorate your space and put yourself in that mindset of if you see a lot of gourds and stuff on your altar you're gonna know like maybe that's for Samhain or maybe it's for one of the other harvest um, Sabbaths or something like that um Let's see. In terms of also other altar tools, I've seen a lot of people asking about the altar tools that they get if they have to be from a witchy store or they have to be um, you know, expensive or anything like that. You guys can honestly use whatever you want for your altar supplies. You don't have to go to a witchy store and buy a $32 white unscented pillar candle. If you have, I don't know, a $3 candle from the dollar store and it it smells like strawberries like and if you that's what you have, You can use that. Like a lot of people will talk about like, oh, well, you should always use like unscented things and you should always use this and you should always use that. Guys, honestly, use what you have. (laughs) Like witchcraft gets really expensive. And if all you have is that strawberry candle, hell, if all you have is a a Yankee candle like that like one of those little tiny ones that smells like, I don't know, whatever. That's fine too, I'll let you guys in on a secret. For my god and goddess (laughs) candles, my personal practice, I use the little tiny Yankee candle candles. And you know what guys, they smell great and I'm happy with that. (laughs) So your candles don't have to be unscented. Um, I see a lot of people will also use things like birthday candles if they're gonna try to do a small spell. Um, I think those are great ideas, but are a great thing to use but if you're going to use a birthday candle for a small spell just keep in mind birthday candles you can't carve into them if you really want to use i mean you can but it's complicated um but birthday candles also burn really really quickly so make sure if you're doing a spell you kind of have your uh, ducks in a row and you're ready to go because that candle is going to burn down quick um okay the last thing i want to say because we're almost out of time is paying for witchcraft. Now, I've talked about this in my coven episode, but I've been seeing a lot of things come up recently, and I think it's because Samhain's around the corner and a lot of people like starting witchy things then because it's, you know, with it, it's in the season, it's with the times, it's the theme of the month. Um, <clears throat> I see a lot of things about starting these year-in-a-day classes where you have to pay some sort of fee to get into them. Now, my personal opinion is that you should not pay for witchcraft with the exception of like, you know, paying for books or paying for supplies or, you know, within reason <laughs> or paying for, um, you know, maybe getting the the wine you're going to use or helping with the candles, which that all kind of goes under the supplies. Um, I don't think that you should pay for witchcraft. And I know in the gardenerian community, and I'm going to probably say the Alexandrian, and I'm sure actually mostly any lineage tradition or initiatory tradition, it's not common practice to pay or ask people to charge you for witchcraft or to charge for witchcraft. Um, It's generally looked down upon uh, kind of in the same way of like, You know you're not going to pay to be part of the catholic church yeah they ask for donations just to help with you know running the things which is totally fine but they're not going to ask you to give them half their paycheck every time so i don't think paying for witchcraft is great I, i think it kind of just muddles the water and i don't know when money is involved with things like that it's not in my opinion the best um but if you live in an area where all you have is this introductory introductory witchcraft course, maybe at your local witch shop and they do charge for it, if that's your only option and you feel like, listen, I learn better in a teaching format, then like, you know, do what works best for you. Um, I would just say that I, I personally don't like the idea of that and I don't like the idea of people charging for witchcraft um, and I'm, I'm kind of against that. So... Uh, if you go on Groupon, I think they have like introductory Wicca courses. Originally like three hundred dollars, now nineteen ninety nine, like things like that. Like I don't vibe with that at all. Also, even if you go on Etsy, there's a lot of like beginner witchcraft like supplies, or and they'll charge you like seventy five dollars or something like that. I think that's a little excessive too. Um, <clears throat> you know, I am Wiccan, and this is my religion, and seeing people having to profit or seeing people profit so much off of people who are new and really wanting to get on on onto this path and, you know, start their new witchy life or new Wiccan path and having people exploit them, you know, I think that's really messed up. Now, you know, I under, not, that's, now let me rephrase this though, or let me clarify this. Some people do have witchy, like, businesses, that's totally fine but listen if you're charging 80 dollars for like a stick of sage some incense and like four candles that's outrageous like i i don't i don't like that i think that's messed up and i think people are just exploiting people who are trying to get involved in this community but you know if it's reasonably priced not a big deal but if you're charging for introductory wicca classes i i don't fuck with that (laughs) i think that's messed up all right well that's about 30 minutes. Sorry it's a little over guys and I'm sorry this was kind of just a huge rambling episode, but I hope you enjoy it anyway. Um I really missed recording episodes and I'm happy I was able to do this one tonight. Um, I think my next episode might go a little bit more in depth with some of the divination that I talked about. I'm thinking I might do a tarot episode for the next one, just talking a little bit more in depth about it, but I'm not 100% sure, so don't hold me to it if I don't do that. (laughs) As always, if you have something that you would love for me to talk about, please hit me up on Twitter. Um, I'm at SeekWitchCraft. Oh, and also, I made a Facebook page, (laughs) Uh, and the Facebook page is called just seeking witchcraft so you guys can find me on facebook um it's just a like page because i have a ton of witchy memes and my friends get really sick of me sending them all the fucking time so <laughs> i finally found a place that i can just like dump on my witchy memes. so if you're looking for some cool things to share or like or just i don't know laugh at like hit me up on facebook as well you can also send me messages on there too if you don't have a twitter because i know not everybody has one and yeah so no worries hit me up on facebook it's at seeking witchcraft or just the word Seeking Witchcraft, or Twitter at Seek Witchcraft. Alrighty, thank you guys so much for listening, and I will see you very soon. Bye!